ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode, well, episode 16 of Bias Football Takes. And we've gone really far this season. We've gone really deep into the season. We have good stuff to discuss on this episode. As usual, my name is Oluwa Shehumisala, the great football head, the best half of this podcast. Look at, look at And look someone at that. that can always come back when times are tough. We always take it through. We don't give up on our team. We don't leave the stadium when we're being beaten. <laughs> we, stick uh... it, we stick through the whole season. And I have with us today an Arsenal fan. <laughs> so, so... The second best team in the league. <laughs> no, so, hello everyone. Um, it's good to be here once again. Uh, especially now that the season is over, we can really analyse things that went down. Um, for, for example, how a second team just capitulated, but it's okay. Overall, um, it's good to be here uh, and we look forward to this week's episode. Uh, we have a special guest with us here today uh, to discuss a very interesting topic, I think. One that I don't, I'll, I'll be honest and admit that I don't know a whole lot about, but I think, you know, we all uh, be better informed by the end of this episode. Um, and well, but we will, as always, begin with a review of uh, games from the past weekend. Then we will have our special guest talk to us about uh, our topic, which is uh, football directors. Then we will go over, uh, I guess it is the last, or the upcoming week is the last week for the season. So uh, we will just go over uh, the last matches. And then uh, that'll be it for the 2022-2023 season. It's been, you can tell that it's been an interesting season. Uh, but without further ado, let's go into the results for this past weekend. So I'll quickly go over them. Um, we had Tottenham Brentford. Tottenham lost to Brentford. Um, United beat Bournemouth. Palace drew with. Uh, and then Liverpool, uh, Aston Villa, 1-1. Wolves, Everton, 1-1. Nottingham Forest, Arsenal. Definitely with Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, we'll touch on that. West Ham leads. Uh, West Ham beat Leeds um, until they, they're fully safe. Brighton beat Southampton. City, you know, just got their trophy at Chelsea. Uh, New Leicester was 0-0. And then today, Brighton, Man City, 1-1. Uh, so that was a quick rundown of the games. I went about them very quickly because I know that Sheung wants to touch on some games. So, Sheung, go ahead. Which games do you want to talk about um, so that we can spend more time on them? I don't think I don't think there's any games to, to touch, honestly. It was as... A lot of the games were as we predicted. I, I think I only got maybe one or two wrong. I can't remember which ones I got wrong. Uh, <laughs> but I knew you, you predicted that Bomo was going to be United. I was like, he must be drinking something. Um, Funam game, I, I wasn't I sure. Uh, in Funam game, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I think I predicted draw or something. But Mitrovic came, came clutch as I, as I always. Always, always predicted it was going to do. Then Nottingham Arsenal. 
honestly, there's nothing for us now to play anymore. It's so crazy that the city knew they were going to lose that game, that they had a watch party. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy how, how things have, have gone down. But um, let yeah. me see. Well, I mean, honestly speaking, I so I'm not interested in. I think I've, I I a long time ago that like Arsenal was not going to get any of this season. It was painful, but it was a, it was it was a necessary realization. It was a painful necessary realization. So, um, congratulations to Man City. They won the league again, uh, thanks to a brilliant coach and a war chest of money. Um, <laughs> because I was telling someone yesterday, okay, that City is perhaps the only team in the Premier League that can afford to have multiple 50 million plus signings that are and still be fine. Like, there's no, there's no, all that is literally can't compete. But I guess. Did you just realize this this season? No, no, I didn't just realize it, but I mean. Because it, it, it's, it's close to home now. That's why you're like, you are feeling the heat. It is at a point, it's actually ridiculous. So, <laughs> it's, I, honestly speaking, for me, like, like United has a lot of money, but they're so like, nobody really cares. But when it, when, when it becomes as dominant as City has become, I mean, something really needs to be done. It, you, like, sound, it's, you, sound, you sound so... So down, no, your, your voice is low. Actually. It's 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 like because I remember in other episodes you were upbeat, but I, I think this is the best time to bring in Chiki. Chiki is with us from Nigeria. Chiki has some things to get off his chest that he has promised me to talk about. So the floor is yours, Chiki. <laughs> I want to enjoy this. I want to sit back and enjoy this moment, please. Make 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 me proud. Make me enjoy this moment, please. I beg the name of God. Nah, you know, you know I, I think I might disappoint you a bit, uh, Shion, because over, over the past few, I, I think the thing is that Arsenal, uh, as a club, I think they, what they did was that they made their fans dream and they got a bit too cocky. I was seeing there was, a, there was this guy a few months ago, about around um, January or so, who posted on Twitter that had this trip that was scheduled for uh, for May. I, I, I think he must have seen it. it was I think it was his girlfriend or a significant other that booked a trip or so during me. And this was back then in like January, February. And he tried to cancel the trip because um, if Arsenal had won the Premier League, that's when um, the parade would have been. So that was how cocky he felt. He canceled the trip in January or February because... Um, he wanted to attend the Arsenal parade. So it was, I mean, to see them being that cocky and being humbled at the same time. Um, so let me digest. Yes, it was satisfying to watch. Let me digest a little. Obina and I have a lot of Arsenal fans and friends. And mm. more than half of them were speaking about, like, we're talking about buying their tickets to England. To watch Arsenal, I think it was against Wolves. <laughs> they literally had a, a day, like they literally had a game in mind. It was against Wolves of one of those games. I'm not sure if they went through with it, but I know, like I know a lot. And and I think at, at some point in time, I was even like I was even pushing them. Now you guys should buy your ticket. You don't know. They didn't know I was mocking them because I was I was sure they weren't going to win it. <laughs> a lot of them. I, I'm not sure if they did, but. Just <laughs> I, and, and I asked, and I, I was asking that I hope 
they bought insurance for their tickets because imagine losing the league and then losing money. Like that would be very painful. 50 cents. 50 cents. 50 cents back in, back in, back in 0203. Thanks. Many, many. Many, 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 many. I can't what? think I, you would have wished death upon me. <laughs> but you know what? I, I think I think what Arsenal fans have been doing over the past few weeks, and this is me being serious now, forget the jokes and everything. I think what some Arsenal fans have been doing is that they've been trying to build City up as this kind of force that can't be... Which I understand what they're trying to do. I understand that. I mean, this City team is fantastic. They might as well go on to win the treble is a possibility. But what they're trying to do is almost to see, it's almost like they're trying to absolve themselves of any blame. But my own... What I, my own view about how their their capitulation has gone, I think it's they have to look more inward than to look at what City is doing. Because yes, City is. I mean, they've been on the winning streak till um, you know this evening when they drew with Brighton. But Arsenal's last eight games, they won two games, lost three, and drawn three. Now let's remove the Man City loss out of it, okay? Because I think everybody expected them to lose to Man City, and there's no shame in losing to Man City. Except for Arsenal fans. Except for Arsenal fans. But let's take Man City. Let's take the loss away from Man City. Two wins, two losses, and three draws in their last seven games. I think that's very poor for a team that wants to win the league. And they've gone from leading Man City by eight points to, I think, trailing by... Yeah, trailing by eight points, as it is right now. So it's... it's, I think you have to look inwards... And I have been very poor. This running has been very poor. No, so, I, agree, I agree with you, your analysis. Mm, um, yeah. it's, it's spot on. And uh, there's no Arsenal fan who will absorb the team off, you know, off of that as, and say, Yo, you know, this is all down to Man City. In January, we should have strengthened the squad, um, especially attacking players, and maybe gotten a better defensive, a better defender. So the, the, that is. Like everybody, we, we all agree on that, and I mean, that we were we were going after Caicedo, um, we, mm. and we should have gotten another attacking player because it was clear. To, uh, and the major reason why it was clear that the you know, or the major reason why I would say the team is responsible because you can see that Saka was. I mean, there were games where he was completely marked out. Teams figured out that if you, if you essentially double up on him, or in the case of City, put a a, a very very good centre back against him. Like his legs were just no longer able to take him for the rest of the season. With that being said, so there's there's that that the team and and every everybody who wants to get better has to look at themselves first, right? At the same time, though, there's no deny. I mean, Napoli by the time they won the league, they had eighty one. They just needed eighty one points to win the league. Arsenal oh, eighty one. Oh god! No, 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 no. So, so this is not absurd. I'm just look, look. I'm as disappointed as anybody, any Arsenal fan uh, is um, with the with the way the season panned out. So, and I and I get that the team should strengthen. At the same time, though, I don't know that anybody can do anything about this much. Like you have to be because they are supposed to end up with what 90, 90, 94 points, right? Obina, sorry to cut you short. Wait, wait, ninety-two. Ninety-two. Yeah, because of the job today. The reason why yeah, they drew today. Yeah, 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 the reason why I don't buy that talk is. In the past five seasons, 
the only team that has pushed them that far, and everybody is like, oh, yes, City is just too good, was Liverpool. Everybody, nobody said Liverpool bottled the, the league. Nobody said, oh, Liverpool did not try. Liverpool did all they could do. And people, people were like, hands up, yes, City. But, and last time, honestly, honestly, like, forget I'm even benching Arsenal. On the surface of it, no matter how much I ate, I ate Arsenal so much. I ate them so much. But on the surface, on how the season had gone, I should be giving you guys praises for doing exactly. what you guys have done. But the problem is, you cannot now use that excuse of City being good. Because if you guys had won those games, you would have pushed City as far as you can. Honestly, eh, if you had pushed City that far, it would be now become us being hypocrites, saying, oh, Aston bought the league. You, you, you won't have been able to speak confidently. But now you are, you are giving us ammunition to say you guys bought the league. When City won the league against us, people will say United bought the league. But we pushed them till the last game that they won on go, game, um, goals difference. So on that, on that all species, I do not agree that City is great, yes, but make them work for it. City had a watch party sure. against when you guys played Nottingham. So I don't know what no, else to say. No, 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 no. First of all, you, you, there's no way, there's no sensible person that will compare this City team to that 2011 team. That's I mean, no, 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 no. I'm saying how the how, how like the complexion of the game. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making that point. point. But, but, but you also know that, that you also know that I'm not, I'm not passing to comparing points because if you're going to compare points, then you guys are lucky because why didn't you two get those points? If you lose okay. to City, wait. If you lose to City, oh man, away. That's six points. So what happened to other games that you guys drew and you lost? If that's so, an excuse you want to give, because I, I, I'm not passing to. I'm not, say, I'm not giving making that as an excuse. I'm not making that an excuse. And then my second point, let me just finish and then we can really dive into this. We will see, see, beating this Arsenal matter, it's, it's a, we're beating a dead horse. It's a done thing. City have won the league, like, that's fine. But then you saying that they, that they were watching, they were having watched party, I mean, it was a 50-50 chance. It was it a 50-50 chance. It wasn't 50 it, it was a, See, Arsenal could have won the league. Arsenal could have beat Nottingham and it would just be, oh, a bunch of teammates gathering together on a Sunday afternoon to have lunch and watch a football match together. Arsenal lost. So you believe you just believe what you just said now? Huh? You just believe what you just said now. Do you believe what you just said now? No, no, no. no. I like I said it was 50-50. Arsenal I mean, lost. Well, that's, that's, that's why you're not smart for anyways, because you guys have division. You guys are very divisional. So I get I I, I, I don't want to something regarding uh what Obina said about um, the transfer in January. On a personal note, I actually admire what Arsenal did, you know. Um, when they found, you know, Arsenal's um, the objectives for this season was clear. Get us back into the Champions League, right? It was very clear. Get them back in the Champions League. But when when they got to December, January, they found that we are not just in the Champions League position. We're in the position to win the league. Win the and, league, yeah. And they went into the market to you know make to get reinforcements, right? And teams tried to play on that desperation. They get. So I know they wanted Caicedo and they wanted uh, Modric. You get these were two players that they felt if they had gotten them, would have you know uh, improved their chances of getting the title. And yeah. it was very obvious that Brighton and Shakhtar wanted more money. These guys were they had the bargaining power and they, they pushed them, pushed them, pushed them. And I actually like the fact that Arsenal stood their ground and they said, you know what, 
these are plan A's are not working. Let's go for plan B's. And they got Jorginho, who I liked. I think I, I, I believe that the guy came with a lot of experience. It was just a pity that he wasn't played um, um, earlier enough ahead of party because party's form began to drop and it took a while. It took like three games or four games before Arteta was like, oh, you know what, let me go with Jorginho. But I like the fact that they got their plan B's, Jorginho and um, Trossard. Yes. Trossard, yeah. I mean, I'm a Man United fan and I know that Man United is either we spend the whole um, window trying to get our plan A, plan A, <laughs> and at the end of the day, what do you, at the end of the day, we get Sabita and Vegas. So honestly, it was I, 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 yeah, it, it's very, very. I admire the fact that you guys wanted some players. You are proactive. You had you had the budget. You went for them, but you yep. found out that okay, this is, this is not going to work. Let's let's switch to plan B. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and you know it left you guys with like egg on your faces. But I admire that. Okay, no, so no, one, one, final, one, final, one, final, one final point. Okay. No, the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, this was a very good season for us. Now, like I, I, I know that you know. I, I was quite uh, obnoxious in saying that Arsenal was winning. We were delusional. We were. It wasn't delusional because at the end of the day, like I knew that City, you know, this juggernaut that would just keep coming. That's fine, but we outperformed. We overperformed or we overachieved, you know, based on expectations coming to the season. So all in all, I mean, even though I'm a bit, I'm disappointed right now. I would say it was a good season for Arsenal fans. And next season. Uh, I'm looking forward to next season. Okay. okay. Wait, 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 wait. Before <laughs> just end, before just end this, end this on a very good. Oh note. my god. Wait. <laughs> okay. TK, what position yeah. do you think Arsenal is going to finish next season? Oh, I don't know, but I think we're finishing so far. I don't know regarding. If, I don't. I don't think they win the league, but I can't say if it's second, third, or fourth. But I like so the project four. that they have. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Four, yeah. I hope it's like short. Very short. 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 Where do you think Arsenal is going to finish? We're winning the league next season. Okay, okay. That's, okay. Nice. that's a short answer. Okay, me, I think if Arsenal makes top four, I'm going to clap for them. Uh, but United, yeah. okay, and then where will United finish? United, um, I think I will answer that question um, during the next section. What's as we're entering? No, 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 no. There's, a, there's, I, I, it's a very long answer. I don't want to like just. No, so, drop that's it. A, so give us your short answer for now and then. I cannot, expand. I cannot give you short answer. You can it's next, a very long answer. No, you can expand later on. Just where would they finish in next season? United should finish top for next season. Thank you. Chike, yeah. where will United finish next season? It depends on the very league, cool, right? Very you see what I'm saying? Like, it's <laughs> a very long right, right now, no, I don't think they'll finish. In, right now, I don't think they'll finish top four. As it is right now, I don't think they will. Should I give you my, my answer? I think United will finish ninth next season. Okay. Then let's uh, go. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we have our in-house football expert, Chiki, all the way from <laughs> Nigeria. <laughs> Is he Dortmund fan? Oh, Dortmund's about to win the league. Wow. I, um, that's, I was going to touch on that. Actually. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Like, I, yeah, I love Dortmund. And yeah, anyway. Dortmund's about to win the league. And well, we didn't bring him because of Dortmund. We brought him in because of this topic that... I would say the reason why I didn't answer the question about United's um, position next season is because of my feelings, things I expressed in the last episode, sporting director or director of football, how these two people, how they shape and form 
the outlook of a football club. I don't like the word philosophy, but I guess we have to use the word philosophy. So we'll be discussing that with Chiki and I'll be saying some of the things that I said last episode just to portray why I felt that way today. And Obina would see his own part using Edu as case study. So Chiki, what's good? I'm all right. I'm okay. Good to be here as usual. Um, and thanks for the opportunity. Bro. Yeah, you're back. You're back for all the way from Nigeria. Let's appreciate this guy, man. We're trying to <laughs> always keep him awake. We're like, uh, we, are, we appreciate, we appreciate your, your diligence. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't watch too much of me. No, honestly, honestly, we appreciate it, and I, and I, and I'm sure that our listeners too appreciate your insight and, and yeah. the discussion that we're about to have. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's just dive right into, into the topic because it's going to take a lot of you know time. What, what is a sporting director? What is a director of football? And how do they shape the complexion of a football club? I think for, for what I would say is that those two terms, they're, they're pretty much the same role. I mean, they can be used interchangeably. So they don't, they're not exactly two distinct roles, the sporting director or director of football. They are pretty much the same thing. And... Um, it's a role that has become very important in modern football, okay? Because back in the day, you just had a general manager who was in charge of recruitment, you know, buying of players, selling of players, and all that. And then you had the head coach who just did um, handle the business on the pitch. So they, they both work hand in hand. And it's something that, say, for example, I'll be using Manchester United as an example because I think um, it's a very obvious case. So. Uh, so Alex Ferguson was the head coach and David Gill was, you know, the, the guy that oversaw the signing of player recruitment and all those things, right? And they worked hand in hand. It wasn't a modern style, but it's something that had been there for a very long time. And um, they stuck to that, you understand? It was just uh, a very simple structure that worked for them. But in modern football now, there's this rise of the direct, director of football and the importance of that will get... I mean, there's a growth in the importance yearly because of how much the how much money is in, is pumped into the sport and how how competitive, like in, in a league like the Premier League, how competitive smaller teams in quotes are becoming right now. So you need a director of football that um, gives your team the competitive edge. But what are um, my own definition of a director of football? Because like I said, most people look at the role as someone who just buys players, someone who recruits players. But the way I see the director of football, it's a person who is in charge of the philosophy and the identity of a football club. Okay, it's not just someone who is a good negotiator, who oversees recruitments and sales of players, even though that's part of the job, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the director of football also understands the objectives of the owners and works towards that. So there are clubs that are selling clubs, okay? Like Ajax is a selling club. Um, they produce stars from the academies and, you know, they sell them for profits, okay? They understand that that's where they are in the food chain, right? So in, in the Netherlands, they might be the top dogs in the Netherlands, but they know in Europe, they are a selling club. Southampton, too, is an, an example of a selling club. Remember all the guys they've sold over the years from 
Darren Bill, to Walcott, to Manny, to Schneiderlin, to Van Dyke for huge profits, okay? Those guys, they're a selling club. And some clubs just want to challenge for trophies. They want to dominate, like Man City, Madrid, Barcelona, PSG. And um, the last time I was here, I talked about Dortmund and their model. Okay, they're a club that um, um, they want to pretty much accelerate the developments of wonder kids into world-class players. Okay, so they make themselves a very attractive team to youngsters. Um, they provide a platform for them to play competitive football, even at a very young age. So they get the Haaland's, the Sancho's, the Pulisic, Girona, um, Jude Bellingham, all these guys are very talented youngsters. And they give them that Champions League football, DFB football, Bundesliga football, you know, top-level football. Um, they accelerate that growth for you, and they sell it for a huge profit. It's a win-win, okay? And then there are some clubs that are just relegation battlers, you know, like Norwich, all these clubs that you know, they are always battling relegation. They are like, you, they call them the yo-yo clubs. So they bounce from the Premier League to the um, the championship, stuff like that. And then there are just some other teams that are comfortable in the mid-table, like Fiorentina. So like I said, um, the director of football understands each philosophy, each team's philosophy. You're in charge of it, the identity uh, of the club. And when I say the key word there to look, for, to look at is football clubs. I didn't just say the first team, right? It's not just yeah. the first team in charge of yeah. They're in charge of the academy, the reserves, uh, even the women's team as well, the senior team. I mean, if you look at, if you see Barcelona women's team playing, right? Let's say, the, let's say you see them playing in black and white, you can't recognize the jersey. But from the way they play, I'm serious, you can be able to tell that ah, these girls, these girls are Barcelona girls because of the way they play. They play. You're already, yeah. yeah, you're already used to their, their style of play from the men's team to the to the, uh, what do you call it, the, the youth team, you team. know that these guys, they play a certain way. So it's something that has been, um, has been imbibed into the female team as well. So it's that uniform culture. But of course, Barcelona is an extreme, an extreme case, but that's pretty much the director of football role. It's someone who is in charge of the philosophy, the identity of a football club, and is responsible for bringing all this to life. Okay. Um, so my next question is if a, in a season a club fails to hit its targets, would you sack the football director or the manager? Um, I think if you have if it's, 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 um, it's, it's not. It's not really practical to judge them season by season, except, ex, except they fail woefully. So say it seems like Chelsea that you expect to make the top four, and now they're going to be finishing 12th, their worst performance in 20, 29 years. Yes, um, heads Or Bayern. Yeah. Or Bayern. You will Bayern as going yeah. about their business. Yeah, I think for Bayern, I think um, Saliano is a trade, who is the director of football there, I believe. I think he's the one that... Um, got things wrong it was a huge call to make when they were still in pursuit of three titles and they might end the season trophyless you know that's a big that was a big call that fired so uh, in my opinion i think he might be the guide i will take the fall i don't think it's tuchel's uh fault obviously he just came in like what 10 games ago you can't really blame him for this capitulation even though you expected better from him but in general i think if you fall way off 
your the mark that has been set for you. I think in most cases it's to be the manager because if the director of football does his job and does his job or her job, if the person does the job very well to a good extent, which um, includes providing the resources, the player personnel, the coaching personnel, the support staff that's needed by the head coach that's been hired and the head coach cannot deliver, then it's it's understandable if they let the manager go at the end of the season because um, he fell way off the you know the mark. But say for a team like um, say if, if Newcastle had finished fifth, for example, if they had not made the Champions League football, I don't think they would have sacked um, Eddie Howe because yes, they wanted to make Champions League football. But say they finished fifth or sixth and they got Europa League, I think that's still a building. That's still a stepping stone towards their ultimate goal in the top four. Mm. You get so I think it depends on how far off the mark you, you, you fall at the end of the season. Uh, but in most cases, it's the football, is the, is the manager, the head coach that loses his job. I, I think at this so, point, we, we need to, sorry, sorry, Obina. At this point, we need to shout out to Ashworth, um, Newcastle's uh, sporting director. Is that what they call it? There? Yeah, sporting director. Yeah. Because this guy, this guy is like, he's going home, like any club is going. Apparently, United were interested in him. But I don't know why mm-hmm. everything came up. Yeah, he was direct, he was technical director at Brighton. Pretty much Brighton, the, same, yeah. the same thing at Brighton. Yeah, and um, I remember three years ago he one of the people that was championing that idea of uh, we are going to make we are going to we want to be a top ten team in the Premier League. Yeah, and right now they're a top six team in the Premier yeah, League. Top six. You know, uh, yeah, and it's one of uh, it's down to him and of course the. The, the owner of the club, Danny, um, Danny Bloom, who is just... But to, but to the idea. Yeah, but to the yeah. idea. I think it was so, really his idea. He was, it was his idea, but uh, Ashworth was just brought that idea to life. So, I mean, he's that, yeah, I mean, yeah. that so guy's very Sorry, go, so I have a quick, I have a question, I think, but uh, okay. I guess I can say before, Shimon, you were making a point, right? Oh, yeah, I was saying that it means that the guy is very good because he's moved to Newcastle, Newcastle, like, told uh-huh. at this point, and they were the 20th or 19th when they when? got Eddie Howe, and he, I think he came at another point too, right? Or it was before he came? Yeah, yeah I believe that was Yes, point. yes. So it's crazy how he's going, like, he means he has a good track record, even though I might not really support what Newcastle is doing right now for next season, but we'll get to, we'll get to that later. But so far, so yeah. good. You cannot say that they've not done well. You cannot, you don't have any any reservations against what they've done this season. Speaking of, I guess, um, what people have done this season, I, my question for you, Chike, is on your thoughts about, you know, the potential relationship at Chelsea between the owners, or I guess as a club, uh, between the owners and the the technical director, in cases where the owners, you know, want to have day-to-day influence on who is signed and the way the club is run, because I mean that then, from from what you're saying, that then uh, um, negates the. Uh, uh, presence of the of the what's it called technical director or, or director mm. of football. So then, mm. what what then would you say to Chelsea fans who are wondering why their team is so bad? Or you know, can you draw a correlation between the fact that it's the owner Todd Bowley who is trying to be influ- uh, uh, influential in the signings 
and where the club finds itself today. Mm, so I think for Boli, he got a lot of things wrong. And it's probably he just enjoyed the limelight and the idea of being the guy that called the shots in, um, you know, in uh, at Chelsea. I think he just got power hungry or he got too addicted to the limelight and everything. And he felt he could do. I mean, he's not he's not new to sports. I think he's a part owner of the Lakers and a part owner of the Dodgers as well. So he, he is not someone who is just who is new to sports. He's been in sports for a while. And he just got here. He felt maybe this was his time to shine. And I think he did um, a horrible job not holding to the previous structure that was already in place. I think he just wanted uh, a clean house. He wanted like his own guys. But he wanted to be the star of the show, which I still do not understand up to now. And um, it backfired. Um, I thought it was, was a very silly idea. The director of football role is a specially strong so it's not just about signing players. Like I said, it's about building that philosophy, building the ideology, saying this is how I want the whole club to play. And there are reasons why this director of this, the director of football, the, uh, the beauty, okay? Like um, it's, it's important if they build the team, or it's important for them to build the team around a particular idea and not manager. Okay, so it's not like, for example, oh, you want to hire Moreno, let's build the team Moreno style. So, what happens when you get rid of Moreno and you want to hire a Louis Van Gaal, for example? Manchester United is a case where, I mean, Chelsea is experiencing it right now, but Manchester United is a case where we have gotten that extremely wrong over the past, I mean, since Ferguson retired. Yep. You look at the team like Barcelona and get at the under end of the. They have handled that role. They understand the, the importance of building a team around a particular ideology. And one of the reasons why teams are built this way, okay, is that um, when the team is built for, it's on a certain philosophy, ideology, whatever you want to call it, out lots of wastages that are associated with modern football, okay? For example, um, if the youth team and the senior team, if they play the same way, it ensures that there's a smooth transition from the junior team to the senior team. You see that a lot with Barcelona players, okay? And so far, they can come in, just slot right into the, um, the senior team. Balde, we have Gavi, uh, Pedri, all these young stars popping in from everywhere. And in fact, just because of the fact that Barcelona was built the same way Ajax was built, you see Barcelona going for lots of Ajax players because, you know, those guys, okay? And another thing is that when Barcelona has a problem with the coach, they, they don't, what they do is that they get rid of that coach, comes in, a new coach that suits the club's philosophy, okay? And that way, there's no high player turnover. You don't say, oh, this, play, this new coach needs six new players or needs seven new players. You hear that a lot to Manchester United or you've heard that a lot yes. over the past few years, right? Yes. Remember, we went from, okay, Ferguson played a certain kind of football. It was attacking football, sometimes counter-attacking when we played against um, uh, bigger teams, right? We played wing football, you know, the Beckhams, the Giggs, the Ronaldos, the Nannies. We played exciting football down the wing, right? And um, we went from having someone like Ferguson who played attacking football 
to someone who played very conservative football in David Moyes. And what did we hear? David Moyes needs his own kind of players. People kept on saying he needs like six to seven, six to seven players. He brought in Fellaini and all that. After he got sacked, right, he brought in Louis van Gaal. Louis van Gaal, possession football. If you think Man City plays possession football, man, you have to take a look at Louis van Gaal. He loved possession, right? And he needed his own kind of players. So, so he brought them. Those um, Schneiderlin, he brought in Schweinsteiger, he brought in Herrera, all those guys, right? And he went from that to Jose Mourinho, who was the complete opposite of uh, Van Gaal, and so on, so on and so forth. I mean, I can go on and on. Please so mention only. Please yeah, mention only. So what do you say? Please mention only, please. <laughs> the same thing with only too. From going from... Uh, only did know what he was doing, so... No, but, but I'm just saying, when you look at the styles of play, Jose Mourinho was a defensive-minded coach, right? Yep. yep. Uh, Ole was an attacking-minded coach. Uh, I mean, counter-attacking, but also attacking. Remember, some of the best football Manchester United played since the Ferguson era was during the lockdown period, where we were just bashing teams, playing very exciting football. But ultimately, yes, I agree with you. He didn't know what... He, 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 he wasn't a, good enough to manage the team. It's not, it's not like a Lakers fan. <laughs> no, but ultimately, my point is, right, that United had no idea what they were doing. And that was because they had no director of football who could say, we want to play this kind of, this style of play, we want to play this type of way. And that means whoever you're bringing in through the door must coach a certain style of, a, st- a certain style of way, okay? Must have this philosophy, must match our philosophy. It was just different people coming through the door. And that was one of the reasons why we had high player turnover. You don't see that in teams that have a director of football who understands what they want to do. It's the same thing at Dortmund, for example, okay? They understand what they want to do. Uh, Michael Zork, who had been here for, I think, 17, 18 years, right? He yeah. just left. He left yeah. a, a few years ago for Sebastian Kelt, right? And those guys, they know the kind of football they want to play. They know what their youth is about. They know their recruitment policy. It's uniform. It has not changed over the past 20-some seasons. They're about to hopefully win the, the, their fourth Bundesliga title in the past 20 years, I believe, okay? So these are, the, these are people that know what they want to do. And because of a director of football building the club around an ideology, okay, it cuts out all these ways, like I said, that are associated with modern football. Higher player turnover, you know, coaching turnover, all those things, right? So they cut all those things off. And I think that's the importance of um, having that role in the club. So yeah, to, call to, 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 to go back to your question about Chelsea, I think they should be disappointed, but um, hope for, it's also some cause for optimism because at a private talk last month, I believe, April last, yeah, that last month, um, Todd Bolly actually mentioned that he was going to take a step back, you know, um, the day-to-day activities of the club and someone else, I can't remember his name right now, but I think they are looking into hiring, hiring a director of football. So uh, hopefully, I think for the Chelsea fans, uh, they can look to towards brighter days ahead and forget about the mess that was in the past two summers or the please, past two transfer windows. Please don't give Chelsea fans hope because we believe it's the banter era and we don't want it to finish to end anytime soon. So, so I have a question for you. What happens in a situation where because I don't really think every club will have that philosophy, right? Every club will have that ideology. So what happens in a situation like Manchester United that they say in quotes, United has a, a way that we play, a United way. But honestly, I don't think we have a United way. And we're trying to get 
that elusive United way. What happens where you bring in? So how, how do you okay in United as a case study? How do you resolve a situation that we are going through right now? Where apart from the sale of the club, that is like extreme. But a situation like United where we don't even know what's in how United plays. So how do you resolve that situation when you to bring in a director of football? Uh, just to go back to what I said at the, at the beginning, where you said they are different. I never, I said they are different. Different clubs have their different um, targets or aims or philosophies or anything. There are clubs that are battling relegations. There are clubs that are okay with being uh, selling clubs. There are clubs that are mutable clubs, right? So it's. Um, I understand the first question you asked when you said not every club can have this ideology, but I think every club has what they want to achieve, and. Like I said, not all directors of football are going to be like Dortmund or going to be like uh, Man City. Okay, you understand where you are as a club. You you, you have to be realistic with your targets and then um, bring in a director of football who understands that and executes that plan, right? But to answer your question about the Manchester United, we have a director of football now, and to be very honest, I've not been impressed with with him. Okay, that's uh, John Martel. He's the one that has been. I think he was promoted from player development to director of football two years ago and i have not been impressed with with uh, what he's done okay because um so say this season for example you brought in ten Hag, which who i feel was a fantastic hire i think we were lucky to get him um he was a very good fit he was determined and he's very strong-willed okay the way he handled the first team especially the ronaldo situation i thought it was fantastic and he laid that um his authority over the team. So as much as there are people, for example, liked Ronaldo, uh, they understood that, okay, yeah, this guy messed up, and but we have a manager who holds him accountable. Remember when Rashford overslept and came late to a meeting and he was dropped against Wolves? Uh, he came in as a sub and scored, thankfully, so uh, we didn't have to suffer for that. But someone who held the squad accountable, someone who could coach them out, I thought that was a fantastic hire. But I, I don't believe he was supported enough. I think lots of um, the, lots of the, the signings we made were down to his Dutch connection, so to say. We signed Malaysia from the Eredivisie. Martinez and Anthony were gotten from uh, his former club Ajax. Uh, Ericsson was on the free, and then we slightly overpaid for Casemiro. Now a lot of those signings, well, not a lot. Uh, two of those signings, Casemiro. They turned out to be very good signings. Um, Ericsson, it's I think a little bit above average. Um, Malaysia and Anthony, a lot to be desired. Malaysia was brought in as a backup, so I don't, I didn't really have um, high hope for him. But we paid a hundred for Anthony, so we should be getting more from him. But like I said, I think uh, Eric Ten Hag must feel let down by what he's seen so far. Well, so was no support. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm even coming to that because, like I said, at, at Arsenal. They saw that, okay, we are at the position where we might win the league for the first time in how many years? In, since 2005, right? And they went into the market. They supported their manager. Yes, they didn't get their plan A targets, but they got their plan Bs, right? For Manchester United, we were in a position where, well, the, 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 the objective for my United at the start of the season was, for me, was obvious, was straightforward. You get us back to Champions League, and then we make deep, the cup in cup competitions, right? Those were the objectives of Manchester United. 
and Eriton Hazard done that, or he's on the verge of doing it. He's one point away from getting Manchester United back into the Champions League. He got to the quarterfinals of the Europa League, made the finals of uh, the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup 1-1 already. I think we're going to lose to Man City, but that's something different. So um, I, I think he has held up his own side of the bargain. But for the fact that Manchester United didn't support him in January, all they got was Veghorst. I mean, imagine, imagine a player like Cristiano Ronaldo leaving the club and, you know, Anthony Martial is and all you can give him is Vegas. I thought that was a big letdown, okay? That was a huge letdown. And again, it's a Dutch player. So he had, he had to rely on Eric Ten Hag and his Dutch connections to get in someone to the ball. I thought that was very, very poor from them. So to me, I think um, Manchester United, getting a new director of football. I've not been impressed over the past two years with what I've seen from John Motto. I, I feel like we deserve better. That's one way to um, resolve what has been, or what is going on at the club right at the moment. Um, obviously, there's a bigger problem, which is the Glazers, but I mean, let's not go into that. Let's, let's think, not go into that, yeah. Yeah, let's not go into that, but I think... Uh, the, the current director of football, John Moser, I thought he has, I feel like he's done a very horrible job. So and, the reason why, the reason why, the reason why, the reason, sorry, the reason why I'm going to make, say two things. First things first. Okay. Remember I texted you that I said it's in your account? Okay, yeah, 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 you did. You did. You remember, right? And we had that discussion last mm-hmm. week. And yes. So, so what's funny is all the points you just outlined, Chiki, were the were mm-hmm. the exact same points that I made last week. So mm-hmm. shame, it's no need to shame, but you know, Sometimes United fans have cuckoo not to... No, no, no. <laughs> no see, listen, listen. Listen, the reason why... That's the part of the reason why I'm saying Etihad out. One of the major reasons why I wanted him out, and I still want him out, because I, I feel next season will even be worse. One of the major reasons is that Ronaldo, the backhole, then getting away goes. That's that... I don't understand that part. Like, in the, like that no, does not part with me. No, oh, but, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. That part is not like, and and I don't I don't like the idea of United fans praising him for that Ronaldo situation because that is how a manager who loses onions Ronaldo situation. But that's that side. That's not that's not a big deal to me. I I believe yes Ronaldo should have should, should have gone, but no problem. But my problem starts from stems from the fact that you do not have a good plan for that Austin. And okay, you finally got something of all the players in this whole world. If, like I would have preferred it if you play a midfielder in that position with Ghost. Because it's so so bad. But the man pushed Argentina to the to the break of please, the please, 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 please. But that's what you guys saw. But 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 <laughs> the, the, the thing that is really like disappointing about United is and that's deep the reasons why I, I, I've been telling United fans, Arsenal fans, all of us gawked. In the, let me use the proper word. We all missed the opportunity, missed the chance. What City did that I don't think any club has been able to replicate is getting three strong men from Barcelona. And those guys are the ones that laid the foundation of what City is enjoying right now. We missed the opportunity of getting football knowledge into the into the into the club the ceo is from barcelona technical director is from barcelona they want that guy too like three of them they laid the foundation even before they got paid i think it was because of that that they went to go and get paid 
So we missed the opportunity. And that is really, really telling because right now, United doesn't have any start. Because every time you keep hearing, the managers were not supported. So which manager was supported? Which manager did he buy his players? Because we've spent a lot of money. And the players that we bought are players that the managers, in quotes, quote and unquote, were not, not necessarily wanted, but fit into their style of play. I can give you LVG, I can give you Mourinho, I can give you Ole. Right now, I'm giving you Ten Eritanag. And that is one reason why I'm saying next season, we're going to struggle real bad because there are so many factors that are going against us. Okay, so to answer your question, right, well, like what I what I was talking about Manchester United earlier, I told you that one of the reasons why we've had like high player turnovers was because there was no method to what we were doing. Okay, it's not just about spending money. Spend it's not just about spending money. So you have to spend the money intelligently. You look at what Brighton has done; they've spent a fraction of what United has, and they are playing much better football than we are right now. And that's because they have they had a particular philosophy what they wanted to do. We brought in the right guys to bring that philosophy to life. Okay, so when they got Graham 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 Potter, he played a certain style of football. Okay, when he went over to Chelsea and they got in the Zerbi, the Zerbi also played the same, the same style way. Of football, yeah, the same and he was an even better manager. So, like for Manchester United, I made that point of having different managers, and that is why those managers they want to play with players that fit them. So you can't carry a Jose Mourinho um, team and give Van Gaal to Van Gaal. Or carry yeah. Van Gaal. It, it, it is, there's no miracle that works. Those guys are too deep. If you carry a Conte team and give Moreno, yeah, that one makes more sense because those two guys, they know that they're there for short term. They don't like young players. They like veteran players, players that they don't have to micro, players who they don't, don't have to like whine when they drop them, players who have gotten rid of all, um, what would I call them? All those little, all those silly mistakes in their game. Jose Moreno will see a player like, uh, let's say, Martinelli, for example, and a player like Milner. And I promise you, Jose Moreno would rather have a Milner. Yep. One forget, and, and of course, you know, uh, Martinelli is one of the best. Is one of the best wingers in the Premiership at the moment, right? But Jose Moreno doesn't like all those young players, say Isaka and Martinelli, because he knows those kind of players. They might be excellent, but they go through um, the of um, inconsistency, which happens to every young player, right? Jose Moreno just wants to win. He just wants to win right now. He would rather have a Milner who has gotten rid of that phase in his career, who is a player who gives you a 7 over 10 over every day. He doesn't yeah. want a 10 over 10. Just give me my 7 over 10. Let me go. Let me go. Yeah. You get. So if for a, a club like Manchester United, we have gotten the whole thing wrong, the whole project wrong, so it is unfair for us to lay too much blame on the managers for that because these managers are just coming in. If they come in, they have to play with their own style of football. It's very hard for them to work with what is there already. It's like um, Ten Hag, for example, now, okay? He plays a certain style of football. He likes his player, his goalkeeper to be, um, you know, to start the attack. He wants to build from the back. And David De Gea clearly cannot do that, Okay. And you see, it has cost us a lot in the Premiership. It has cost us in the the Europa League. It has cost us. Okay, so things like I love that. It. So things like that. You need players that suit a certain philosophy, a certain style of play. It doesn't have to be playing from the back. It can be players that suit counter-attacking football. 
if you're playing, if you're building your team around counter-attacking football, that is okay. There is no superior style of football. I keep on saying it. Ah, uh, no, yeah, United no, fan, no. Mm. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll keep on saying it. There is no mm. one style of playing football. Jose mm. Mourinho has won trophies upon trophies upon trophies. Who are you to say that his own style of football is uh, is inferior to, say, Anderson Wenger, for example, or inferior to Louis Van Gaal? You can't say that. At the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to win, and he does that. You get. So I don't care. I, I'm not saying Manchester United team around counter. I'm just saying in general, if you are going to build your team around counter-attacking football, that is fine. Then get in a manager that plays or manages that style of with uh, that that certain um, that certain way. Okay, and that's when you do that, it cuts away all these high players and over all these talks of I have to get my own six players. I have to get my own seven players. You'll never hear that about a Barcelona manager. Because anybody that is brought in through the door manages Manage, the, yeah. the same and, man, the, play, same and the, players, the players there they play a certain style of football. Yeah. So there is no high player to over. And uh, regarding the Cristiano Ronaldo, regarding the Cristiano Ronaldo. Really quickly, really quickly, TK, really quickly. You all okay. know what's funny. So I made this point two weeks ago. Is it because you're hearing it from a United fan now? What did you say? I said that it's important for a team to have its philosophy. And you were you were stuck on the point that you no know, coaches have to be flexible. And I'm saying no, no, no. It, do you remember now? You were saying that coaches Wait. prefer coaches. To be I, I, I don't want to. I don't want us to extend this discussion. I just wanted, I just wanted to make that point. I do not agree. You know, I, I'm not. I'm, you saying about that doesn't matter. I agree with him. I don't agree with him. You said yeah, I agree. You no, 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 no. I'm with Barcelona's context, like in Barcelona's because Barcelona plays a certain way. Since I've been watching Barcelona all my life, I started watching football when they've been playing the same way. So I understand that there's this, there's like guidelines to it. You cannot tell yeah. me that Madrid has a philosophy, or you cannot tell me United has a philosophy. There's no way you can no, tell no, me no, that. No, no, no. I said for a team to succeed, it's better for them to have a philosophy. So Madrid does Madrid does Madrid have a philosophy? Madrid's please? philosophy, actually, generally speaking, it is they what they do is they just let players express themselves. Okay, right. Yeah, I, and I, that I, I believe so too. When, 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 when that starts, when that starts, it's it's always been like that. It, no. The players yeah. on the pitch, it's always been like that for Madrid. Okay, yeah. okay. And I'll, give, and I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll, I'll give you a chance. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, and they're like the Lakers of football because yeah. they like they like bringing the huge stars, okay? superstars. Yeah, just you know what to do football. on the pitch. Okay, yeah, so, exactly. that, so that's philosophy. Okay, over Chelsea. Chelsea on the pitch. No, no, no. You can't say on under Abramovich, there were different uh, iterations. So what was the philosophy? You can't. I think I think for Chelsea, I think for Chelsea, uh, it was more of um, like counter attacking and attacking football. It was never like a possession based. Style. It clear, yeah, it was more, so, yeah, it was so, more. So, so that's the philosophy you want. So that was their own ideology. That's okay? their and, idea. and like I, I said, I agree with it, but yeah, and and, and it's not exact. It's not only. A style of play, okay. There are other things that go into it. That's great. It's, exactly. it's, it's, it's also the, the way you build your team, okay. The profile like, of players you get. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. All those things too matter. So when you look at a team like Manchester City and the way they built their teams over the years, they, you know, Manchester City, they don't go to buy superstars. They, if yep. you look, if you really think about it, the last time they bought someone who we consider a superstar, I mean, I mean, let's take Haaland away from it because he's a He's a wonder kid, right? He's like the rare guy. He's like the Mbappe, for example, when PSG got Mbappe. These are wonder kids who have been stars right from their teenagers, right? 
but they buy players like a few years before they get into their prime or just when they are just about to um, get into their prime. So give me an example of that. Raheem Sterling. Like oh, like De Bruyne. De Bruyne was not world class when they bought him. De Bruyne was, was the best class. player in Bundesliga no, when they bought him. No, he was not. He was just about to be world class. He had. He was just about to be so, world class. Wait, player. wait, wait. There's a difference between. He so, was just wait. about to be world class. Okay, player. let me ask you a question. Being a world class player means you don't over time, right? Yeah. Will you will you consider a, a, a Nkunku? Will you consider him uh, a world class player right now? No. But, yeah, but wait, wait. He was, was the best player in Bundesliga last season. So okay, let, let, let me let me let me let me give you a counterpoint to that. I understand City don't buy superstars, which is okay. But you cannot tell me that City do not buy certain type of players because no, oh, no, they, wait, wait saying. now, wait. City buys the best players either in the squad or in the league. So tell me I which do. player wasn't the best player in the squad or in the league when they bought him. No, I, one, I just gave you one. No, I just I, gave you I, one. I, I just mentioned Ryan Sterling. No, Sterling? I think, no, I think, I think, I think we're getting it wrong. What me I'm saying is that they, just before they become world-class players or just before they hit their peak. But, but those players, good. those players were still no, the best players of, of in the squad or in the league. Of course, but they are not at their peak. It's just like, say for example. I give you another player, I give you another player. David Silva or David Silva, when they yeah. got, he was not the best player in the league. He was, but you could it's see that he was the best player in the squad. Was the best player in the squad. But he's struggling, Valen. I mean, if you are struggling, so I tell you that if somebody goes and buys uh, Morgan Gibbs White or from Nottingham Forest, now you say that that's a, a fantastic. See what they are calling. No, wait, no, 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 no. Let me ask a question. No, but she was... know, wait now. That Silva that you mentioned, do you know that we had high expectation of, of Silva when when? when when it was purchased, you know that. Yes, that is true. That is true. I, I don't think I don't think we are far off. I, I don't think we are really far off in the point you're trying to make. And what I'm saying is that they don't go like they're not going to buy. They're not going to go into the market to buy, say, uh, a, a Lewandowski, right? I think Harry Kane would have been the exception to the rule. Or you can look at players like Riyad Mahrez and Gundogan, who were, I believe, world class players at, at the time because Riyad yeah. Mahrez was. The EPL's best player with Leicester mm-hmm. before the bottom. So I think those are the exceptions to the rule. But if you look at it generally, right, I'm saying that their own style of football, I'm not saying they buy bad players. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they buy players just before they hit their peaks. Yeah. And also, and what that means for them, right, is that they don't pay excessively. So they have a lot of 60 million players. But I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Jack Grealish is the exception, the hundred million, right? But that isn't the norm in Man City. Jack Man City, the best for... player in, in the squad. What? The best but player in the squad. The no, that was no, struggling, though. No, like... It is true. I'm not saying they don't buy the best players in the squad. I'm saying it's, we, are, we are talking about two totally different things. I'm saying they buy players just before they hit their peak. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're the best player in your team or not. I'm just saying. They don't go exactly for they don't go uh, for let's say the top player in the Ballon d'Or, or the top three player in the Ballon d'Or. You don't do that. You won't see them going to buy a Salah who is like a pure world class player, one of the best in the world. They don't do that. They buy players just before they become that. So yeah, she, I do, she, I do, I do she, have a point. I have a point that 
I think again, it, it it is nice that they have the money that they have. That they can yes, exactly. Of course, exactly. 60 exactly. Exactly. No other exactly. Multiple. Exactly. Yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with you. The money is important, but they, but, but they also have the knowledge. But they also what? No, no. Of course, I say yeah, shady United. Of course, we are poly run now. There's no, it's not a shade. It's, it's a fact. It's not a shade. It's, it's a shade. Fact. Fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah we are poly run. We know that. So it's not shade or anything. I mean, I love them. You know, I love them very well. But I, I mean, I, I'm always truthful. You see, Chige, I, I just want you uh, and uh, dear listeners, you can see that there are two types of people in this world. There are those who would, you know, out of trying to protect their own, deny reality. People like Shion, for example. I don't try to. You are trying to claim that Chike stating statement of fact is shady United. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Wait, 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 wait. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> do you think? Do you think I do not support what he's saying about United? You only. Oh, it, it I mean, almost. Like like, you listen to me last last episode now. Like when it comes to United, yes. no, listen to me. What like when it comes to United, <laughs> I can I can state like hundred reasons why I feel United is a mm. poor club. I can tell you on dead reasons. About the reasons why United as, is still a big team is because is because we have we have the organic we have the organic um, name which yeah. is helping us. Past like, past glory. Pass you know, United, is, United is only club in the world that the fans will buy memorabilia, will buy jerseys, regardless of where where we are at, at the point. Cap, cap, maybe Arsenal. Cap, too. maybe Arsenal. Okay, maybe okay. Arsenal. Okay. When Arsenal okay. were eight, you know. <laughs> Anyways, um, this this, anyway. this 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 episode is very odd. Like, I feel we still have more, so we're gonna do part two, Chiki. I'm gonna do part two, and it's gonna be an off-season discussion. So we, this is like a nice sweet spot to old post. I, I, I don't yeah. even have a, a question for you, but it's no, probably I, too late. You know, it's too late. We, time, time, time has gone. Time has gone. <laughs> no, that no, one we still we still argue. We appreciate you taking uh, the time to, and as you as you can see, we touched on a variety of things. So we started off with technical director, and then we just moved on to team philosophies, and so so it was, it was a very interesting conversation. Um, and now we move on to the final part of. Oh, but now wait, sorry, sorry. So the reason why we we brought up this topic was because we got a feedback from one of our listeners that accused me Oluwashio of. Being against Etiag and asking me what I would do as director of football, so I've not been able to answer that question. I'll probably answer it in this part okay, two can of, I, of this. Can I, can, I, can I ask one question? I know you've been asking me, I want to ask you now, right? yes, because you feel you want Ten Hag out, yes, right? Which of you, I mean, obviously, I don't agree with because I like him, I like him. Who would you who would you want to replace him with? Because I am a, I'm a fan of um, if someone points. Out a problem, you also point out the solution. So, if you get rid of them, <sighs> who would you want as a replacement, or who do you feel would be an adequate? Um... I've been asked this question from the beginning of the season, and my answer is remains the same. I don't know. <laughs> if Look I know, that, if I know, if I know, I'll be the director of football in uh, Old Trafford right now. I'll be sitting on that seat. Well, you can't do that now. You know, for real, who, 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 who is, who is in the market I'm now? Honestly, who is available honestly now? Honestly, don't know. Honestly, don't know. Ruth Van Nistelrooy is available now. Hmm. Boy, and he won. He won. He won. He won trophies with uh, uh, PSG. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. titles. Yeah, yeah. My brother, so... please let let let's be very honest. <laughs> let's be very honest. 
Vanessa Ray cannot list ten houseboats. Let us be honest. No, no, I, I, I agree. I honestly <laughs> speaking, I don't know why Shane doesn't like the guy, but I'm okay with that. It just means fantastic coach. He's a fantastic coach, but he's just in a very, very tough situation. Unfortunately, all right. Um, with that, we move on to predictions. So we have. Mm -hmm. The upcoming week is a Super Sunday, as they call it. It's the last round of games. All the matches will be played at the same time. Uh, but then there's one, uh, there's one more game that will be played before then. Uh, that will be played tomorrow, Manchester United versus Chelsea, because both teams have a game in hand. So really quickly, uh, who do you think will win? And then we'll go down uh, in, the, in the order of games. United-Chelsea tomorrow. Draw. Chiki. I think I'll go with draw too. They've drawn their last five games. I don't, I don't know. They just uh, I said, they just had the thing for draw, so draw. Uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea win because I need United not to make Champions League. Arsenal Wolves. Um, Remember, we just need the draw to get yeah, the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, that's why I said that. I know you you lose okay. the game. Okay, Arsenal let's go. Wolves. Arsenal. Chike. I don't know. I can't trust you. I don't trust you guys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I, I think last game of the season, you guys want to reward your fans with a win. So I'll, I'll yeah, it's at the Emirates. Oh, you want to travel in to come and carry the trophy? Yeah, yeah. so that they'll they'll not travel. Who travel to come and carry the trophy? Even uh, them have three points. Three points. Aston Villa Brighton. That'll be a good game. Yeah, that'll be a very, very good game. Very yeah. wonderful game. Yeah, very wonderful game. I would like to see Aston Villa win though. Yeah, same here. Uh, I think that might secure a Conference League spot for them. Uh, uh, but I think it's the only the draw. I think yeah, it's same here. I see a draw in that game because Brighton will not want to, want to leave, won't finish on a high, and Aston Villa too want to like yeah draw. Yeah, yeah, that's Europe for Aston Villa. I think um, I think Villa will actually do it. I think Villa will do it because they're at mm -hmm. home. Brentford City. City has to win this game because it sets the stone tone for the two games after this after this game. So they need to win. Mm, stuff. I mean you don't have even Tony, but Brentford is the only team to beat City at the Etihad in all yeah, competitions. Yeah. The only yeah. team. So and they've been playing very well over the past few weeks, yeah. even without um, Tony. Uh but I think uh, I think Man City wins this. Yeah, they have to win. They have to win because they drew today. They have to win again. Yeah. It, it'll be a physical game because that's what Brentford does. But I think City mm -hmm. will win. Mm -hmm. Chelsea Newcastle. I see Newcastle. Very unpredictable game. Very unpredictable game. But I see Newcastle. Uh, I, I think Chelsea will lose spectacularly. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'll yeah, split. I'll yeah. split it and go with a draw because they are okay. at home. It's a it's a Stamford Bridge. It's a last. When that, when had that? Uh, that's not penalty. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm saying because the prospect of Pochettino, I think they'll just go with a draw. Palace, okay. Nottingham Forest. Um, Palace. Palace. I say Palace. Yeah. Uh, same here. Very cheesy. But but this guy's gonna score. So Bridge is gonna score, and our. Mm -hmm. Our Yakini of our generation is going to score too. So. <laughs> Everton, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. 
That's interesting. Uh, I see Everton winning. I think Bournemouth, since they got, since they escaped relegation mathematically, they've just taken their foot off the gas. Are you sure? Three, yeah, I think it's three straight losses for Bournemouth. If I'm not mistaken, let me hold. Let me check. Yeah, three straight losses for them since they ah, okay. secured relegation. Okay. So okay. they've taken their foot off the gas, even though they played a bit well against United. But yep. I think Everton needs Everton needs the win to yes. secure yeah. um, survival. So yeah. uh, uh, no. I'm that. Yeah. I see this as a Bournemouth win. I need Everton to lose. <laughs> this guy is Everton. Uh, you, you are just going with what you want. <laughs> no yeah, what you think yeah, will happen. My predictions are fueled by my desires. So, Leeds, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tottenham. This game is just going to be all over the place. Honestly, I don't even know who's going to win because Tottenham is rubbish. It is like opposing me. Honestly, uh, in my predicted high scoring game, and it might end up playing 1-1 one, one or 2-1. I think it's going to be a draw. Like, maybe like 3-3 three, three or something. I see I see Spurs winning. Mm. I think Liverpool, at least they've overstayed their welcome in the Premier League. I yeah, they need to get out. I think the owners poorly, I think the owners poorly managed the season. And yeah. um, they're going to pay for it. So, um, I think Spurs just get it done. Only yeah, just. I like, I like, I like Leeds, but uh, yeah, I think they... I think they they'll go down. Um, so Spurs will win, yeah. And then Leicester, West Ham, West Ham. Oh, so I think West Ham will uh, be resting lots of players for the uh, Europa yeah. Conference League Conference final. final. So I think they will make like ten, nine changes. I see Leicester winning this. Yep, I see Leicester winning this and staying staying up. Yep, okay. I need Leicester to stay up. I think they will I think they will win, but they won't stay up because I feel Everton is going to win and Everton's above it. Everton just needs to win and that's all. Yeah, if Everton yeah. wins, they survive. If Leicester wins and Everton doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So yeah. I think they will win, but they will still uh, relegate. Mm. That's what I feel. United Fulham. United Fulham want to want to do uh, payback. But yep. it's, it's gonna fall in our hands. Okay, so you say you get uh, cheeky. Yeah, I see. Uh, we've not lost since the opening day. Um, I, I can actually see a world where United draws this game if we if we manage to get that one point against Chelsea. Yeah. Because we have the FA Cup to look forward to. We'll rest the big guys, Casemiro, Bruno, all those guys. We'll rest all of them, and I can see Fulham. Getting a draw, maybe even a win, but I'll go for a draw. Okay. Uh, I see a Fulham win. Oh, so, so that ensures United, 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 United is not. Yep. <laughs> that ensures United. I I can see it crystal clear. Wow. Uh, so mark mark my words. Hear me and hear me now. Fulham win. United not making Champions League. And then oh. the final game of the I guess final game on the list: Southampton Liverpool. Liverpool wins emphatically, thus ensuring that they make the Champions League next season. They will win. Yeah. Liverpool will win, but it it amount to nothing. Okay. It will mean anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Liverpool. I mean, Southampton. They've just been five straight no, losses, if not more. So. Yeah. They are already gone. I mean, dead and gone. So. <laughs> well. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, with that, we have come to the end of this episode. As always, um, 
listen, share, share the podcast, and uh, we look forward to your feedback. Um, any last word, guys? Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chike, for coming through. We have our next episode will be all selecting our respective team of the season. You need that's that is something you you, you won't want to miss. That will be our next episode that will cap the season. But yeah. once again, keep supporting United. Keep praying for us. You know your prayers are. You need prayers. Far. You need prayers. You Arsenal, need prayers. Arsenal fans, you're not praying enough. <laughs> that's why you know we believe. So. Even the Bible says when something is going good, you need to pray. When something is going bad, you need to pray. But <laughs> when it was going good for them, they did not pray. But when it's not going well, bad, let's all start praying. It was really, it was really late right there. So anyway, my 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 last my last word is um, this will be a very great weekend for Dortmund. We are about to yes. get yeah. our first yeah. league title since uh, what in ten years. So yeah. this will be Marco Royce's. This will be Marco Royce's Final, first title. Yeah. Uh, um, first title, um, that's um, crazy. First, his first league title. I'm really looking Damn. forward to it. Damn. I just, I really hope we don't mess it up against Mainz. Yeah, yeah. same here. Yeah, Mainz, Mainz, they've lost four games in a row. And they're nice. They have nothing to play for. Uh, so I think we're not much to win this. Yeah, I know I could play football changes. So you guys need to draw mm-hmm. to, to win the league, right? No, no, no. We need to win. win. Because, win. because, win. Yeah, because win. the goal difference is... Yeah. The goal difference is very inferior to uh, uh, Bayern's. Bayern. Oh. Yeah, so you can't even... I think 53 to 39, something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and uh, have a wonderful yeah. week. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Bye, guys.